And Sally Lucas today is taking us on five great historical travel experiences, things to do with history. And we'll also head to Switzerland and have the ultimate grand train tour, plus the hot deals in the travel marketplace at the moment coming your way. To a new RFM talking travel. Sally, it's one for the history buffs, or in fact, five for the history buffs. Five for the history buffs. And of course, we could have 95, Jane, as you can imagine, or even 1,095. But these are just a few places that some of the adventure-based travel companies are suggesting that history enthusiasts might like to visit and for what reason they might like to do that. So one of them is um, St, um, the previous Leningrad, which is, of course, St. Peter's now and what they're saying is what they do there when they take you into this place I mean apart from the fact that it's got wildly colorful churches and Baroque architecture and all that sort of thing in Russia um, when you go here they do this in-depth exploration and they also include a very special dinner and over the course of the meal you spend time with a survivor of the great patriotic war which is Russia's name for World War II who lived through the Leningrad, Leningrad siege, if I can get my words out today. And so you're learning straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, about this really tumultuous time. And then you also get to visit iconic war sites, etc. But, of course, there's other things you can do at St Petersburg, as we all know, beautiful palaces, beautiful museums, um, Peterhof is another one that's another one that's been restored, um, which you can go to by ferry. I think it's about 45 minutes uh, from St. Petersburg. So there's lots of things you can do, of course, in in and around St. Petersburg now. And it's a lot easier now because what they're doing, they've got this little five-day uh, journey, which in, starts from um, Scandinavia, uh, from Helsinki, from memory. And it's, you can stay there three days visa-free now. So what this is is a little taste that you can start from Helsinki, pop across to St. Petersburg, and then you don't have to worry about the rigmarole, you know, of, of getting, of getting, visas of getting the Russian visa. Yeah. So if you're in that Scandinavian area, it'll be a nice little thing to tack on. Um, the other one, of course, we can't forget is to walk along the Great Wall of China. I mean, that in itself is still one of the most incredible pieces of history and architecture, I think, in the world. And just building it is amazing. Isn't it? And all the lives that were lost, of course, in, in the throes of doing that. But that was the case with lots of things back in the day, whether it be the pyramids, whether it be anything, you know, it was very heavy manual labour. And obviously, lots of lives were lost in the process. But it's still a really incredible achievement when you think about it. And that is still something remarkable to do as well. The other one that's suggested is to meet with a local community in Lake Titicaca in Peru. So so on that one, of course, they do give you an unexpected history lesson and you explore the wonderful floating Euros Islands. And, of course, they were initially constructed as a form of protective isolation in ancient times. So to this day, they're built from multiple layers of Totora reeds and the structures are regularly replenished with fresh material as the reeds underneath you know, rot away. Um, the other one, of course, I guess, and I think this does conjure up to me anyway. I was an avid Wilbur Smith reader in my teens into early 20s and particularly his books regarding Egypt. And, you know, the, even though they're not a, absolutely factual, there was a lot of fact in his books and I've always had a fascination with Egyptology and Egypt. So that's something else, of course, you can do and that's always captivated the attention of historians and archaeologists and academia. You know, it's, it's just such a fascinating area to visit and, and not just because of the pyramids 
Mountains, of course. There's many other things you can do, like the Karnak Temple, which is built over some 2,000 years ago, and some of it dating back to 2055 BC. Of course, the Valley of the Kings, and there's over 60 tombs there that have been discovered, and as well as Tutankhamun's final resting place. So, again, I think a very interesting country or destination to go to. And the other one which I loved as well, or this particular part of Turkey, of course, was Ephesus, which, of course, is a work in progress still as they rebuild it from its ruins. And it was so advanced. Like, I couldn't believe how they had sewage and everything. Like, we regressed. You think way back in those times, they were so advanced. And then we obviously... It happens, doesn't it? We lost mm-hmm. lost skills, etc. And it's still. And I only did that as a day trip, actually, from Samos. So if you're ever in Greece on that on that um, eastern side of the Greek uh, islands, um, you can get a little ferry across from Samos and just do that as a day trip, even if you're not totally in Turkey. So just consider that because it's really a, a real wonderfully preserved Greco-Roman site. And it was once originally on, on the sea, but of course it's not anymore because how the land masses have changed. So it's a few kilometres, you know, inland now. It was originally it was actually on the ocean. So, look, that's just a few of many that you can do. And the other areas that are, of course, emerging are all the stands. So you've got the five stands, you know, which is Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan and they are also you know relinquishing a lot of their tight rule making it easier for you to get in you can get e-visas now for example even into Uzbekistan now which is and of course again you're, you're back in an ancient time like the Silk Road went through lots of these countries so you it's really quite ancient and the beautiful minarets and the you know the, the mosaic on all those minarets is just stunning and gold towers and everything so all sorts of places are opening up now that we originally had a lot of difficulty getting into. Talking travel and Sally Lucas off to Switzerland and such great engineering feats as they have there. Oh, their tunnels and their trains and their clockwork is is superb as are the trains who run just like clockwork. Um, and such a beautiful country. I think I, I the very first time I went there, again, it had been on as a young girl I was on my bucket list. I'd always seen pictures of Switzerland and couldn't believe how beautiful it was. Compared to Australia, our beauty is totally different. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. So different. And, and it, I, I was blown away when I went there. It was just everything I had expected and probably more. So for anyone who would love to go to this gorgeous little country, this is the ultimate grand train tour of Switzerland. And of course, as we all know, train travel, particularly in Europe, is a wonderful way to get around. Um, And you don't have to worry about, you know, driving on the other side of the road and not understanding the language and parking and getting fined and or not being able to get a park or, you know, so this this is fantastic. It's a 13-day itinerary. And it starts in Basel and you're going to Interlaken, Montreux, Zermatt, Samaritz, Lugano and, and back to Lucerne again. And it's an incredible itinerary featuring five different scenic rail journeys throughout the Swiss Alps. Um, the Jungfraujoch, of course, which is the top of Europe, the Golden Pass Line, the Glacier Express, the Bernina Express and the Gotthard Panorama Express. So... I was surprised when I was just reading about this or reading about Basel that it's got over 40 museums. And, you know, Basel isn't a big city, but you just think 40 museums, that's amazing, isn't it? And that's all part of uh, of the Swiss experience. Yes, and we're struggling to keep one going. Oh, well, that's Newcastle, not Switzerland. Um, anyway, we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> so you, you start, as I said, from Basel and you're staying actually in 
um, the real historic centre and you're staying at a place called the Art Hotel which is all these wonderful livable works of art etc in it so it's all really nice accommodation and got lovely inclusions in it um, you visit the old town you visit the Basel Zoo and you can also go on a boat tour to the famous now I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly Jane and you'll correct me I know Dryanderek border triangle yeah. yes um that's the co- corner where three countries, countries meet, meet yes. yes and if they said a few fancy archaeological finds you can visit to the roman excavation site august rorica um and they give you a basel card that lets you use the free use of your transport etc and wi-fi and all that sort of thing with different discounts so lots of things included and as i said after then then you go on to interlaken and uh, which is between Lake Thun and Lake Brienz in the heart of that wonderful Jungfrau region. And it, again, is a pretty little town in Tulaka, and I just thought it was delightful um, and just, just wonderful. And you go also on a train ride, again, Jane will correct me, to Zweisimmen, um, which is there, yeah, and then you change to the Golden Pass for the memorable trip onto Montreux, which is, of course, on the shores of Lake Geneva. And, of course, you've got the famous Montreux Jazz Festival on every year if you happen to incorporate that at the same time. And the Freddie Mercury statue. Oh, and the Freddie Mercury, having just seen Queen twice, the yes. movie, because I'd seen it once and Scott was away, and he said, oh, I want to see it. So I went and saw it again. Anyway, yes, that was fantastic. And after Montreux, of course, um, you go across then to Zermatt, which, of course, is the famous car free alpine resort and all cobblestone streets and quite delightful and you have some time there including a cogwheel cogwheel railway ride up to the Gonograt where you have superb views of the Matterhorn, Mont Blanc and other snow-capped peaks as well there. Then after Zermatt you board the Glacier Express onto that famous place of St Moritz and that would be fantastic in itself and then you do a, a fabulous if you wish a glacier hike there as well if it can be included if you so desire um, and that is wonderful again and then you travel with the Benina Express of course coming all the way back down and you end up then via Tirano and then back on to Lugano and then eventually on the Gotthard Panorama Express and back to Lucerne. So you've got lots of time in each place to really explore, to do walks if you wanted, to do hikes, just just to walk on foot, you know. It, it operates daily between um, April and October, the 13th of October this year, so it'd be similar if they run it again next year, I would imagine. So it's an independent itinerary, which means you can just go at any time that suits you, which is fabulous. So if you wanted to go, as I said, at specific times to include a festival or something. It's not like you've got fixed departure dates. So I just thought it was a wonderful way to really explore Switzerland in depth. To NURFM 27 past one, we're talking travel. And Sally Lucas, time to look at the current travel marketplace and hot deals that are there. Certainly. And seeing as we've been talking about a few little historic places today, I thought we can include a couple of those in our hot deals. So as we mentioned, Visa Free St. Petersburg. So the five days from Helsinki to St. Petersburg and that is a lovely little itinerary. You can travel between April and December this year on that package. Um, and again, it's one of those daily independent, so that makes it a lot easier. And that starts from under $1,000 per person. 
for that little five day. And if you're wanting to do the Volga Dream River Cruise, it's the vessel called the Volga Dream, which is quite an elegant vessel. Some of the earlier Russian river boats weren't so so fancy, if I can put it that way. And, comfortable, um, perhaps. Yeah, yes, comfortable. Three-star. Um, so these, of course, you're going to visit Moscow and St. Petersburg and also extensive touring and some fantastic sites all the way through. So 13-day cruise, river cruise from Moscow to St. Petersburg. If you book before 31 August this year, this is for next year, you can save 5% off the cruises for 2020. And also Egypt and Jordan. Look, there's some lovely little specials there as well. Some small group tours if you're wanting to do that. Um, there's a 12-day Cairo back to Cairo. This is also for next year, March, April next year. Just don't go there, of course, in our winter months, which is their summer months. Anywhere in the Middle East is excessively hot. A lot of people get sunstroke. And, you know, you really are better not to go at that time of the year. Um, between mm, October, and November and April, probably at the latest, would be your best times to travel into that Middle Eastern region. So this one is a 12-day itinerary. And, of course, you're going to cover all the usual things you would want to tick off your bucket list there, which is pyramids, the Giza, the Sphinx, the muse- Egyptian Museum, the Carnival. Temple, a beautiful deluxe four-day Nile cruise, Valley of the Kings, Temple of Horus, the Philae Temple and Alexandria's National Museum and much, much more. And that starts from under 6,500 per person. Or there's the Jewels of Jordan and that would be wonderful. It's a seven-day that's taking you, of course, into the ancient city of Jerash as well as the capital of Amman, not Oman, the country, Amman. And you go to St. George's church there to see the holy site also of Mount Nebo, the ancient city of Karak, and of course that wonderful vision of Petra carved out of rock, which is fantastic. At the And you have an overnight desert camp at Wadi Rum as well to soak up the salty waters of the Dead Sea. How wonderful is that? And that's from under $2,500 as well. There's lots of uh, cruises for next year, Jane, coming out Adriatic Sea cruises with all sorts of early bird discounts if you're thinking of looking ahead for next year. It's interesting that once upon a time we'd never get early birds for the next year till about October, November, but they're coming out earlier every year, which is good because it means you can plan, save, get a bargain earlier and keep putting your money away for the next 12 months, you know. So it's a good way of doing it, actually. Um, so there's plenty of those available at the moment with different cruise company. And just back here for Australia, they say give the perfect gift for your mum in just in time for Mother's Day. Um, AAAT Kings are offering fly-free on a range of their different holidays to the Northern Territory, Tasmania, South Australia, Victoria and New Zealand. So just check that out. They'll be only on certain dates and departures, but that's not a bad offer. So have a look at that. And the Cook Islands is on sale um, until the 17th of May. There's a couple of different resorts there that have got lovely packages. Return air with Air New Zealand. You're getting six nights accommodation on one at the Moana Sands uh, Lagoon Resort. You're getting your breakfast daily and all sorts of other bits and pieces included. And that starts from under 2100 per person. And there's another one, staying at the lovely Manuia Beach Resort. It's a five-night package, again, with lots of inclusions, discounts and bonuses, massages, snorkeling gear kayaks um, $600 savings and that starts from under 2500 and booked by 17 May again on that one as well so as usual Jane plenty out there thank you very much Sally Lucas thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle topics range from gardening to health well-being pet care finance business and travel you'll find them all at 2NURFM.com